0: Jeff Zimfer. Welcome to another episode of the Mortgage Marketing Radio Podcast. I'm feeling a little punchy today, uh, afternoon here. I've been on the, on the phone, on the, on the recorder, interviewing, talking with loan officers, with leaders all over the country. And uh, we're bringing another one to you here today, bringing some heat conversation that's very relevant for you. Coming from one of my favorite peeps out there in the mortgage world, it's, it's his second time uh, visiting us on the podcast. And uh, who am I talking about? I am talking about John Cornish with QC Home Loans in Davenport, Iowa. Shout out, Iowa. Hey, I got to say this, even though I'll upset a few people. Go Cyclones. (laughs) And those who know, know what I'm talking about with that. So uh, John has this amazing process I wanted to share with you guys, which is all about five-star reviews and how to level up your five-star reviews on Google, both for you and to share your knowledge of how to do so with real estate agents. John has, I'm looking at his Google business profile right now. I'll put a link in the show notes as well. Uh, John has 304 five-star Google reviews on his Google business profile. That's what's called Google Authority. John has also fully optimized his Google profile with other types of content, photos, right? He's responding to all the reviews personally. He has regular updates on his Google business profile in the area or section called products. Um, As a matter of fact, the one I'm looking at today, as we just recorded this six hours ago, he just posted. Uh, an update it's it's basically like a post and so how can this benefit you well let me ask you a question do you want more organic outreach people finding you through google search do you want more people referring to you do you want to be more referable do you want to get more referrals do you want to grow your business look in today's day and age look ask yourself this question before you buy a product invest in a product or service especially if it's a sizable investment do you look at reviews wherever they are, Amazon, Google, elsewhere, well, Google is what we call the first impression. And the more quality Google reviews you have on Google, the more Google authority you have, therefore, the more likelihood is you may show up in local search when people are using local search terms. Most importantly, when and if you do get reviews from others, they're going to go check you out. They're going to look you up on Google. And the question is, what do they find? Is your Google profile a graveyard, a ghost town? Do you even have a Google business profile? How do you know? Type in your name right now into Google and you'll see what comes up. That's what other people are seeing. So this conversation with John today unpacks his five star review process, how he gets reviews, how he asks for reviews, uh, the tools and tech that he uses, and how he's leveraging his knowledge to attract real estate agents through teaching the same content, Google business review to real estate agents. Which by the way, we just so happen to have a class for our pro members that does the same thing. Hey, if you haven't heard about it, you can go to mortgagemarketing.pro, check it out. So I think you're going to love this conversation. Take notes. Most importantly, apply what you hear from John and feel free to connect with him. Links in the show notes. Without further ado, let's get into this week's show. John, welcome back
1: to the show. Hey, very excited to be here. Thank you so much.
0: Good to have you back, and you're back with a vengeance, back bringing some value. We're going to talk about that in a moment, how to uh, improve your uh, Google five-star review process and help realtors do the same. But before we do, uh, for those that may not be familiar with you, even though this is your second appearance on the podcast, um, who are you? Tell us a little bit about how long in the biz and uh, you know numbers.
1: Yeah. So John Cornish, I've been in mortgage lending for, I think I'm coming up on 21 years um, 2022 numbers, a uh, little bit less than 65 million for 240 units, 20 and 21, um, got real close to hundred million, both years, north of 400 units. Uh, anybody in the industry knows that uh, those years were a little bit easier than they are right now, but, uh, just still plugging away and trying to win every day that I can. Um, uh, yeah, got a, got a family, uh, love what I do. Um, and really, really excited to be back on the podcast.
0: Yeah. And uh, you do love what you do. And you're also a great leader. That's what I hear other people say about you. And you're leading from the front, which of course is kind of why you're here today. Somehow this, uh, what you're doing with five-star review process came across my radar. And I said, I gotta have you back on the show to talk about that. Because I think um, I interface with both agents and lenders and I see often, usually I see a, a, a variety of things, either on the agent side, they've been too heavy on Zilla for too long. And so yep. their, their Google reviews are light uh, and they recognize it. And, or on the lender side, I see they've been using the corporate version of, you know, the the review process, which doesn't necessarily show up on Google. And I think they're also missing out on that. So.
1: Yeah. It's one of the things we talked about in the class is that those internal referrals or internal reviews, which are a lot easier to get, they don't have near the same power. i take a fraction of those on Google and they're going to be a a lot more powerful all around. So I agree hundred percent.
0: Let's start there. Why did this come to your attention, your five-star
1: review process? So honestly, it came with, listen, when when I knew there was going to be a slowdown coming after in twenty and 21. I've been through this before. I lived through eight and 09. I tried to coach my people through this. Listen, get ready. When things are this good, there's going to be a downside that follows. We're all going to have to work smarter and harder to do less business when this is all done. So I went back to the playbook and I also like doing things that I enjoy. And I've also, and I've always gotten enjoyment and found a lot of value out of educating agents, right? So going out and listen, this ties in directly to the class that you offer going out and saying, I close loans on time with my hands out to give me loans. I don't really like doing that. It's not my personality. So if I can provide a value to an agent and help them increase their business, I'm creating value and I think that's a lot stickier relationship and they're going to see me more as somebody that's asking for loans and more as a business partner. And selfishly, if I can help the agents that I already have relationship with grow their business and I get X percentage of their business, the referral opportunities that I get are going to increase. So the last 12 months has been a big push getting back in front of an educating, um, educating agents. And this is a topic that I'm very, passionate about. And I do better when I talk about things that I'm passionate about because it comes through. Uh, And I'm much more passionate about creating, I'm a people pleaser by nature. So my passion comes from creating a process that people really, really love and making sure my customers are happy. The review that happens or the reviews that I get are kind of a sublet of that. So, I mean, that's kind of a a, a, a icing on the cake. Cake. But the focus has been, and the biggest percentage of my business has always been either past clients or referrals from past clients. So it's tying those two things together. So I didn't intentionally do this when I started it. We just consistently look at our process. We try to make it better for the customer. We review it every single month on ways that, that we can get better. And then we started getting these online reviews and seeing the value in that. And as talking to agents, I was looking for different topics that I think would help them grow their business. And so many of them don't have Google pages. They haven't pushed reviews, anything except for the ones that are internal on the websites that their brokers offer, the easy ones, and thought it was a hold that was there and thought something that I could help people learn our process. And if they implement it, I think it'll actually help them grow their business. Um, That's kind of where the motivation came from.
0: Okay, so there's a lot to unpack there. First, let me start with uh, what have you changed? You started this when you uh, when did you say you kind of began the focus on this?
1: The creating the process has always been my focus for doing business. So creating it, and raving fans is how I how I started from day one okay, in the so industry.
0: It's always been um, Ether.
1: So focusing more on the online reviews, uh, we'll say the last five years, um, okay. and then that was following a, a guy. Tyler out of Des Moines does a fantastic job with it. And I kind of mimic the process that he has. He does a, a wonderful job and I don't know if I'll ever catch him. But learning, you know, what the new world was about and how value, valuable social media was and having a digital footprint of being out there. So if I'm going to get referred by an agent, they're going to give out multiple names. If I'm out there with multiple online reviews, educational videos and a good social media presence, I feel and I've experienced my opportunity of getting an app bad and executing goes up you know, exponentially and also past clients. If your past clients are seeing the social media, they're seeing these things, they're seeing the online reviews, it also makes it easier to gain their business and trust over and over again. And also when they mention your name and somebody does the research, it validates what those people are telling me. So are telling them. So not only did John say he loved the process, I looked him up and I now see that he has all these online these five star reviews. So that's when I really started about five years ago, I would say.
0: Okay. And we'll put a link to your Google page in the show notes, as well as your website, qchomeloan.com. Um, but on Google alone, at this moment, you've got 304 five-star Google reviews.
1: Needs to be more, Try, trying to get more, but uh, it's better than it was two months ago, and it's better than it was 12 months ago. So we're just okay. continuing to grow on that.
0: Before we break down your process for getting those, those reviews, uh, let's bring... The question forward, which people always are curious about, is: you know, have you noticed? Right? Can you do a dotted line, right, of reviews to generating business or people choosing you?
1: Yes, I can directly with Google. um, And uh, online leads has increased noticeably as they have went up. It wasn't an immediate thing, so. You know, we'll say when I got to 150, it seemed like I started to get some more traction with Google. You know, when you're playing their games and you're using their programs, it does seem like in, in working on overall creating an SEO where your name comes up when people search you. Probably about two, two and a half years ago is when I started consistently hearing from people because we track every lead that comes in. Hey, where'd you hear about us? Oh, I was, you know, I was just looking online to buy a home and your name came up. I saw the online reviews. I saw your videos. Um, and what i realized or learned is that there was almost a trust in a relationship that was already built there even though i didn't know those people because they'd kind of already done some research on me
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's awesome all right so let's unpack your process um to start from the beginning when do you start prepping people preparing for them that you're going to be asking for a review and take me from that forward
1: so i don't really and that's i'll also tell you this is a constant evolution so and I also don't think I have all the answers. So um, I don't I don't ask mention asking for the review until the approval process when we actually check in, but I let them know from the moment that I talk to them on the app intake or their first consultations that my number one priority is that they're 100% satisfied with the process and I explain to them, that my business has grown and the biggest source of my business is referral from past clients. And the only way that that happens is if they're 100% satisfied. So I set those expectations and I let them know by using certain words, by saying five-star, I tell them for myself and my entire team, I expect nothing short of five-star service from start to finish. So I set that in their mind very, very early in the process because people outside of this industry don't know how we work, right? We've all in the industry, we've all gotten calls from people saying, "Hey, would you mind talking to my sister? Would you mind talking to my neighbor?" Uh, I would love to. You know, that's the hardest part of my job besides getting offers accepted in this competitive market is finding people and finding those customers. They don't realize that, right? They don't know how we're compensated. So I think we have to explain that to people and I think we have to kind of draw a picture for them or paint a picture of what we're expecting. So we set their mindset of of what we're trying to do. We tell them what we're going to do, we execute, and hopefully they're happy with it and we get the end result that we are looking for.
0: Do you have this process documented? I do. Yes. Is it a one pager?
1: Nope. It's multiple. Um, It's a a Google document and it's now a PowerPoint for the the presentation. Um, But that's one thing when I started coaching with with kai mcbride who's done you know great things for for, for my career and taking me to the next level and we were talking early on and he's like so where do you have your process and he started asking questions he's like it's in your mind isn't it and i said it is and very hard to scale very hard to track very hard to hold other people accountable if i don't have it in writing but yes we do have it have it every step of the process from lead intake to post-closing and when we make changes you know there's there's constant changes that are being made
0: so when do you actually ask for the review?
1: We ask for the review at Clear to Close. In between Clear to Close, and depending on how busy it is, the link actually gets sent um, between one and three days after closing. And I send out a post-closing video uh, through BombBomb to every customer that is first and foremost a customer service thing, letting them know going over three frequently asked questions that always come up. So I keep track of questions And if multiple questions come up at any point in my process, we try to proactively answer them um, before people even think about asking. So we dig into that first and at the very end, that's when I actually ask them for that online review and let them know that either the team already has, or they will be sending a link um, through text message and email uh, to fill out a very quick and easy online online review with both Google and Facebook. So that's when we're actually asking for them to execute. Um, I know I've talked to people that do it earlier in the process. It's just not right for me. And everything that I've always done, I've tried to do it true to the person that I am and and my personality. And my focus is much more on making the process great than it is getting the review. So I really want to focus and make sure it goes through well and make sure that is sincere. Um, And I do think I might have a little bit more success or get more reviews if you ask for it earlier in the process. But for me, it's just not what I feel comfortable with. It's not what I'm doing right now.
0: Well, what's funny about that is even though you might feel like you might have some more success because that sounds like a good idea, I think it always comes back to, like you just said, what's, what's more true about who you really are. Yep. You probably wouldn't convert that well because it doesn't feel natural to you.
1: And I don't and honestly, if I had to pick whether I had a really, really happy customer that didn't leave a review or a customer that was kind of happy that felt that left the review because they felt like they needed to, I'd rather have the really, really happy customer that didn't leave the review. And that happens a lot. I mean, we 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 talk with everybody and get a verbal commitment during loan approval to check in to see how we're doing from a one to five. And anybody that is not a five, I call and have a conversation with them. It doesn't happen very often, but I want to find out why. Listen, what's happened? What can we change? And even when those things do come up, few and far between, we make some tweaks, and then all of a sudden, that person is a five. Um, and the percentage of people that say they're a five and fill out an online review, I'm probably only collecting 35 to 40% of people that tell us that they were a five-star happy. It's just human nature, right? It's another step to do. Some people may not have the login saved, or they forget to do it. You know, it's just life happens. But I'd much rather have somebody be truly happy and be a long-term Client that sends me business and be a raving fan that doesn't leave a review than the other way around. So, my motivation when I give, when I put this class on, I tell them, listen, I think your motivation needs to be in creating a great process first, because that's what's going to drive you to do really well. This is a byproduct of that, the actual online reviews, even though they're extremely valuable. um, I think doing well is more important.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. So, you mentioned you send them a a request with a link to both Google and Facebook for the reviews. Um, do, do you have any insights on w- them choosing one more than the other? And do they wind up just choosing one instead of two?
1: They do. It's usually okay. just one. Google is definitely the one that comes up the most. Um, and I can request the, the system that I use and, and I've had a, Local marketing guy set up a follow-up system uh, to, to, to do this and, and automate the uh, the requesting and, and sending out the text messages. We could request more, but those are the ones I want. I think Google's the most powerful. Right. The reason yeah. we use Facebook is because the people that don't have Google, a lot of times they'll have Facebook. Facebook is easy to share. A lot right. of people are on Facebook, but I think Google is the most powerful, and that's why I only request two. I don't ask them for both. I know people that do. I know I would get more reviews if I asked for two. But again, it's just something that I'm not comfortable with. And I don't want to come across as being annoying. And I hate asking for anything, to be honest with you. I don't like asking agents for referrals. Uh, I want them to send them. I want to provide my value. And they hope that it follows. The same thing for the online reviews. I don't necessarily feel comfortable asking But I hope that if I do a really, really good job, they almost feel obligated to do it or they feel, you know what? I'm completely comfortable. I want people to know my experience so they can have a similar experience.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, there's something to be said for simplicity and giving people too many choices. And and you, of course, understand the power of reviews on Google and all that goes into that. As you mentioned earlier, search and a Google authority and all those things. And if I were having to decide where I would want my reviews, it would definitely be on Google first. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Some people, interestingly enough, don't have a Gmail account, which you know creates a whole separate. That's why you give them the second option, right?
1: You're, you're exactly correct. You know, I know people that use uh, Yelp, I know people that use Zillow, uh, just aren't platforms that I'm. I'm not going to support Zillow for kind of obvious reasons, and Yelp seems more like yeah. a restaurant for me.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Um, so you mentioned you have this automated. Is there one ask, or are there several asks?
1: There is. There's uh, it follows up twice. And then we're actually creating a campaign. I'm uh, working with my team on whether we're going to do it, uh, how we're going to do it exactly. But I think what we're going to do or what we're going to implement, I just haven't finalized it yet, uh, the details is anybody that said that they were a five-star on the phone call that didn't fill one out, we're going to send out a second follow-up sometime in between 45 and 60 days after closing. It's going to be very low pressure. It's going to be along the lines of, hey, listen, I know that there's many times there's things that I look at doing and I don't get to them because life gets busy. You mentioned on the phone call that you're happy five out of five. We haven't got an online review. This is just a friendly reminder that, you know, it's still out there. We'd still love that. Uh, And I'll probably throw something in there that says, listen, if you're not comfortable, no pressure, because that's, again, just my personality. But I think I can probably execute because I would imagine that there's people that had an intention of doing it that just didn't get to it because we hear that all the time where I'll get one three weeks later and say, hey, John, sorry, this is so late. I just have been busy you know, life happens. People are busy. They're moving. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <laughs> um, okay. So there was uh, two asks, 45 to 60 days, Google, Facebook. Um, oh, the, um, the five stars. So I, I wanted to ask you that earlier is when you have a conversation with people and you're asking them for the ranking sounds like, but just to confirm the obvious, someone is making a note of that in your CRM or whatever. If they're ranking you, hey, how's your experience? Oh, it's would you yes. rank the five stars? Somebody's putting notes in.
1: Yes, correct. And okay. I get it. We do those phone calls at loan commitment and loan approval. We check in with the customers, we check in with the agents. We don't get a hold of everybody. And then again, I get a list um, from Olivia on my team that does those phone calls um, of all of them. And anybody that is not a five, I call them. It's I mean, I call them almost right away um, to check in.
0: So when you're reviewing the loan status, that's part of your review process. Yes. Okay, so that's there's
1: no like trigger that notifies John. Hey, man, we got a four. Check in, you know. <laughs> no, it, yeah, it, it is a manual. It's a manual step at this time. I actually have somebody that that calls and sends a, a text message if they don't answer uh, to check in. And the thought behind that is, if I check in during the process, and somebody we don't want to assume just because we haven't heard anything that people are happy. So if there's right. for some reason somebody's not happy, I want to find out why and I want to solve the problem. And what we've seen consistently. The ones that do, and again, it's not very often, uh, a lot of times it's somebody that's a little bit older that doesn't like the technology or ways, ways of communicating that is done now in our industry. So they'll say, hey, you guys send a lot of emails. I don't check my email very often. It's a little bit overwhelming. So you know, what I'll have in that conversation is, hey, listen, I can completely understand that, but we are doing a, you know a mortgage loan and this is the best way to communicate. And I usually offer an alternative like, listen, would it be easier if we sent you a text message before we're going to send out an important email, like loan conditions that were needed. And they say, yeah, that'd be fantastic. Hmm. And then we add that step for that customer. Do I want to do that for everybody? I don't for obvious reasons, because it's not scalable, but what that individual feels like is that I heard them um, their business is important to me. I empathize with them and I move my process around a little bit to meet their individual needs. And most of them afterwards are ecstatic with us because we made that change. We also get some, you know, uh, Complaints are the wrong words, but everything's going great. But the uploading of documents doesn't always work great. And again, we just empathize with technology. And I just make a phone call and say, Hey, technology is great when it works, isn't it? And I giggle with them and say, Listen, if that ever happens again, you can't upload something, just email it to my team and we'll upload it for you. How does that sound? Oh, I didn't even know that's an option. You'll do that for me? Absolutely. If you have a problem uploading it, I don't want you to waste your entire time trying three, four, five times. Just email it to the team. We'll get it uploaded for you. We'll take care of that step of the process. And again, we're letting them know that we care. We actually reached out and then we're taking action on the item that they weren't impressed with or that, that, that isn't making this process a five-star process. And again, the motivation for that is not necessarily to get that online review. It's to make sure that customer is as happy as possible with our process.
0: Absolutely. All right. Who responds to your reviews when somebody leaves you one?
1: I do every single one of them.
0: Really? Wow. Yep.
1: And for it's you? usually pretty quickly. I get I get excited when I see them. Um, so, and you can use your phone for anything. I get a little pop-up and I jump in right there and, um, thank them, you know, mention something, if there's something I can remember specifically about the transaction, but yes, I respond to every single one of them.
0: That's cool. I'm looking at your reviews right now. They're solid, man. I see somebody just posted a picture of themselves in front of their house. And, you know, that's by the way, a little uh, tip for anybody who's not aware of it is you need to respond to every single one of your reviews yep percent that's going to affect your quote unquote google authority again all right that's good stuff let's transition briefly then into now you're teaching your process to real estate agents correct
1: absolutely yep
0: um all right so tell me about that how often do you do it uh, how do you know you- I've probably you- done a
1: half dozen classes over the last month
0: okay all right give or take,
1: um okay. probably been face to face in front of close to 60 agents. Um, and I'll probably do one on zoom before it's done. Uh, I, I obviously utilize zoom, but I really enjoy being face to face. Um, it's kind of my personality. So that's where I started with it. Um, so that's the the amount that we've done done so far.
0: Okay. And obviously you're, I I know this, but your intent for hosting this educational class for agents is what
1: it's to, I mean, Obviously, the, the idea of anything we do with agents is to increase our business and increase our realtor relationships. But if if I can again going out and asking for business is one thing, but if I can provide a value for somebody and be different and really strike you know strike somewhere deeper, I think the relationships are going to be stickier. So twofold: a you want them to feel comfortable with their customers so you can explain to them how important it is to take care of all their customers so we explain how we do it with our process and then i emulate how they could create it with their as with a real estate agent and it's really not that much different i mean our businesses are very similar we're, de- we're dealing with people there's steps in the process You have to tell people what to expect. You have to lay out expectations. You have to let them know how you're going to communicate so they know what to expect. You know, if they think that you're going to call them back within 30 seconds, every time they call you, they're probably going to be disappointed. But if you explain to them, listen, when I'm with clients, I'm engaged with them and giving them good advice, just like I did you. So if you call back, you know, the callback may be within a couple hours. If something is urgent, I need you to send a text message to this number and we'll get on it quickly. So you set those expectations of how communication is going to work. So you give yourself a chance of meeting those expectations and people aren't creating unrealistic expectations uh, in their mind. But so the agents see the value there in working with the customers and they see a process that they can build and create online reviews. And if they can increase their business and I'm doing business with them, selfishly, most likely the referral opportunities that I'm going to get from that agent, if I help them grow by 20%, is also going to increase. And I think the loyalty increases substantially. And we've got, I've got great feedback from the class. Uh, people enjoy it. They see the value. They say they're going to implement it. I've had multiple people reach out to the marketing guy locally that created the system that I use on the back end to get set up for that. Uh, I offer to do one-on-one stuff with people if they want to. Um, so again, twofold, it's to gain their trust and in, in hopefully increase the you know, amount of referrals that we get from them, but also help them grow their business. So you can provide value and become a sticky relationship with that individual where you're no longer a commodity. You're not a price. You're not an interest rate. You're a, you're a trusted business partner.
0: Yeah. It's funny you say that. I keep reaching for this quote that somebody shared with me a couple of weeks ago and you nailed it right there. But the quote is, if you want their business, you need to become part of their business. Yep. I was like, that's brilliant, right there. Because, you know, showing up as you said at the beginning of this call, like, oh, I'm a lender. I got my hands out. We close on time. I got great great rates. I've been in the business ten years. Like, there's no shortage of that in Correct. any local market. That is not a unique value proposition. Yep. Um, okay. So, what? What? Is, I'm curious because, as you know, I do a lot of classes, and that's one of the classes we teach. Of course, is a Google Business Profile. Um, how? Uh, tell me about your 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 process to you know, articulate your process of teaching a class that leads to agent co- conversations. Say that again. Uh, your your process of you teach a class, you get agents in the room, right? 10, 20 agents, whatever it is. Yep. And then kind of, do you have a process for after Following that up with them? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, they made it easy on me. Um, a lot of them reached out to me um, and right. have expressed, and I've had people that have reached out just about the process. Um, and obviously when I have an agent that I don't work with, maybe a listing agent on the end, they reach out and tell us how much they enjoyed the class or how much they enjoyed our process. That's a, you know, teeing it up for me to set up a coffee, to set up a lunch. Uh, I'm very old school. I still do a lot of face-to-face appointments with agents. Um, one thing I'm going to be changing very soon because I can only have so many lunches and I can only have so many coffees and I do (laughs) want to scale this. And, um, Technology, we can meet with more people. I'm going to start doing one-on-one Zoom calls um, and one-on-one phone calls. So, you know, I can add 10 of those per week where I can only have five lunches and five coffees. And occasionally I like to go to lunch with my wife or with a friend. Right. So it's kind of following up from, from that standpoint. So we have a captive aid, agent audience that we always keep that we send video content to um, that. We keep track of how often we're meeting with them, whether it's lunches, whether it's coffee, whether it's just reaching out for a, a phone conversation And we try to stay consistently engaged. Um, So when somebody new comes to the class that I haven't done business with before, isn't in that audience, the first thing I do is I get them engaged in that audience Um, and when something new comes out, like the loan level price adjustments that came out that we're all so thrilled about, right. I'm going to get a video created and I'm going to send it out to all the agents as quickly as I can. So they're getting that information from me and I'm trying to relate it to how it impacts their business. So here's what it is. Here's what you need to know and getting them engaged in that audience. And then obviously you feel out what, you know, what type of relationship it could be. And then you kind of take it, take it from there. Mm. And I, I, I keep them all I think a lot of us do. And actually, I picked this up in one of the many of these podcasts that I've listened to, which is why it's so uh, so cool to be asked to be on it because I've listened to so many and got so many so much advice from them. I rank my agents and my partners, right, of, of the, 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 the value, what it is. And, and there's different things that we do for, for different people. Um, and you can obviously move those around as time comes and figure out you have to track it. And again, I, I can't keep track of it in my head uh, any longer. That's for sure. <laughs> so it's a, it's a Google document that Olivia keeps track of. Uh, we look at it probably on a weekly or biweekly basis of where we're at, who I haven't touched base with recently when I'm setting up my goals and my weekly execution of, you know, you're, you're working out for work. You know, I'm going to work out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. For my work, I have similar weekly goals. We have to do the, the, the little things daily and weekly that we need to do to execute long-term. And we really focus on those X's and O's.
0: Are you also, in terms of tracking, are you tracking referrals and closings? Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, and just to reiterate what I heard you say there, in terms of the classes, is you take those attendees and put them into that kind of bucket. I'll call it a VIP bucket or whatever, yep. or an attended class, and they're going to now be on your forward mix of content, videos, and all that. Absolutely. And that's how you kind of stay yeah. top.
1: Because with anything, if if we do a great class. In 12 months from now, six months, 12 months, 18 months, every month that goes by, that value is going to go away. So if I'm not staying in front of them and providing continued value, it's not going to be as effective.
0: Right. Yeah. It's like the last time you brought your wife flowers, right? It's like, we need to do that. We just had Mother's Day. I got this years ago. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: That's a start. That's for sure
0: it was brought to and my,
1: yeah. And then we're trying to come up and we have other classes that we're working on. So I'll, i am you know, in the process of doing another one. And I've actually had some brokers reach out to me and, you know, Hey, I would love to have a class on this. Do you have one? I was like, I don't, but I'm going to create one now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's great to hear the engagement for them where I know that they actually enjoy it because they're asking me to create a class, you know, for something that, that they would like to go over. <laughs>
0: Speaking of classes, all right, I'm going to sit here for a second, then I'm going to come back to the Google and we'll wrap up. Um, Have you always been doing classes in your career?
1: Um, I don't know if I've called them classes. I've always been, I've always done education. So back in 2000 and we'll call it 2009, 2010, um, obviously, which followed 08 and 09. I remember uh, myself and a guy by the name of Ryan Kennedy that I worked with, everybody was living on the, the you know easy low-hanging fruit, the low interest rates, the, the harp that was out there. And I was like, okay, this isn't going to continue forever. So what are we going to do now that's going to position us for when the purchase market comes back around? And we started going out to sales meeting and educating agents you know on down payment assistance programs, the, the different programs that were available. Right. Uh, I had success with that. So it's things that I've always done. I've always tried to lead with financial, you know, literacy and, and, and helping coaching my clients and agents and, and coming across as somebody that is educated in the field. Um, but actually a structured class, I haven't always done structured classes, but I've always been big on the education of, of agents.
0: Hmm. Interesting. And obviously you feel it's paid off or else you wouldn't be doing it all these years later.
1: 100%. And, I've, and I have multiple people on my sales team that have you know taken your classes and implemented them with great success. So I mean, yeah. it works. I mean, if you're looking, if you're a lender that's newer in the industry and you're looking for something that's effective, it's a great place to start.
0: Shout out to Louie. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Let me go back to your Google profile for a second because I noticed um, you are optimizing your profile in a few key ways that many people overlook. And one of those is products. Um, and I can see, and photos, and I can see here looking at your page, you've got, um, what I, this is to me, I believe it's in the product section. You've got photos of like you at your office. Looks like you're signing handwritten thank you cards, Yep. things like that. You've got pictures of your team. Uh, who's posting that for you.
1: A guy by the name of Reggie Zorg with Zorg tech. So I outsource all my social media. All right. So that's a local guy you're talking about. Uh, yeah, that's actually a different local guy. Um, the guy that set up the uh, I use a guy by the name of Ryan Harmson with NoCo Social as well. I actually went to college with both of these guys. So um, Reggie runs all of my my Google and my social media. Um, Ryan does that platform that I talked about on the back end for the online uh, collecting those online uh, reviews, and he's working with me on my short short form videos, the TikToks, the Reels. So he comes to produce those and give me content on how to do those because I don't know what's trending in TikTok and reels and I don't want to. Um, So he tells me what it is and then we figure out how we, I figure out how to make it mortgage relevant if that makes any sense. So taking a a trend that's going to, not be viral. I'm not going to say it's viral. I'm not to that point, but it's going to get some attention. And how do I make it relevant to what I'm doing?
0: That does that mean we're going to see John lip syncing and dancing on some videos? Uh,
1: if you look on TikTok, I said I would never do it. I'm doing it. So um, if you want to talk about getting out of your comfort zone, I'm not comfortable doing it, but. Like anything else, it doesn't bug me now. The first ones were a little bit uncomfortable, Um, but you have to adapt, right? I mean, you have to change. This is an ever-evolving career. Consumers are always changing and evolving. And if you're not, you're going to get passed by at some point.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And one thing you said a moment ago too is during member 08, I was there as well, is the heart program, man. Remember that Yep. Um, you were, you were, you seem like a guy twice in our conversation already. 2008, HARP, all that down payment assistance, you're already looking, you're like going where the puck is about to go, the whole Wayne Gretzky thing. And you're like, this isn't going to last forever. And you said something earlier in this conversation as well that I wonder if you're of the same mindset right now, meaning clearly we had a downturn, we had a a big pause, we had interest rates go spike up, but now we're seeing a little bit more settling out of maybe an acceptance of the new reality. So are you also prepping? Now, like you did in 08 for the upswing in purchase volume?
1: 100 percent And I've always looked at this downturn as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've coached that to my to my team that hey, we can't control it, and I love it when it's busy, but it's gonna get tougher for a lot of people, and you just have to you, you have to win and, and and focus on growing your market share. And even if you don't really notice the fruits of your labor, we use the term a lot in our in our Zoom call that. You're going to be doing activities right now that are maybe not checks that you're going to cash right away, but it will pay out at some point. So 100% we've been working on, and we started focusing on that before the run was even over of, Hey, these, these refis in 20 and 21 are not going to last. If you're not focusing on purchase business, you're going to get left behind. So we're absolutely focusing on that and looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. So what do you see, or, or what are you doing for the, for the balance of this year? Like what's you pretend I'm one of your LOs. What are you coaching me to do now?
1: Um, getting back to the basics. I mean, again, setting up, everybody has a little bit of a different, uh, sphere of influence or, or, or pillars of business. So finding out what your pillars of business are, figuring out what you have to do on a daily and weekly basis to execute on those and focus on those little things. Right. So, and then also find some value in the little wins, right? So if you're supposed to meet with five agents per week and you do it, that's a win. Even if you didn't get a deal from it right then, that could be because of things we can't control, market conditions, things like that. You can control the effort that you can put in. So we talk a lot about, or I talk about mastering the things that we can control um, and really focusing on those because we can't control the comments that anybody's gonna make that's gonna make mortgage-backed securities volatile and interest rates bounce all over the place. We can't help out what certain things, a lot of things are out of our control. So focus on the things that we can control and really own the small things uh, and master it. And it's no different than if you're looking at exercise or working out, you got to look at it. What am I going to do today? And what I'm going to do day after day? It's consistency and execution. There's so many different places that you can get great ideas in this industry or any, any industry. There's so many places you can get them easily with your phone right now, right? Yeah. But what makes the people really good are the people that execute and execute consistently. And that's the biggest thing right now.
0: Love that. Love that. Uh, what I wrote down was process versus outcome. Yep. 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 That's what my yep. coach, I was having a down day once, and my coach is like, you know, basically realigning my focus, saying, wait a minute, time out. Right. We're not focused on the outcome because if we if we focus on the process and the daily activities to your point, the, the outcome will take care of itself. Yep. Yeah. Love that. Yep. All right. And, man. and
1: back to you know, calling customers, the, the annual, you know, again, it's easier to call somebody in 2020 and 2021 and say, hey, I'm going to save you 300 dollars you know, fill out an application. Um, but you still need to be in contact with your database, right? You still need to make those phone calls to your to your client base, to your agents. You have to stay relevant. You have to provide value at all times. You can't pick and choose when somebody's going to buy a home. And right now, there's not a lot of opportunity for anything but purchase business. You have to make sure when that time is right for that customer that you're the person that they think of. You want to just own that space in their mind.
0: Yeah. It's like a shout out to uh, Shayla Gifford. I was talking to her the other day and she shared this phrase, which was you kind of alluded to this earlier, which was um, right now, everyone's working twice as hard for half the results.
1: Yeah. And here's the thing. I love what I do. So it doesn't bother me.
0: Yeah. Um, if you love what you do. You're not working hard, right? Cause it's passion.
1: Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, and, and you, you have to transition. So it was weird because in 20 and 21, we were working hard to keep things going and making sure we weren't letting people down. And then it slowed down pretty quickly for a lot of us. And you, okay, we gotta, we gotta change things. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta shift. Um, and we gotta focus more about making the phone ring and taking time doing those um, business development activities versus, reacting to business or executing on business.
0: The worst thing to do is do nothing.
1: hundred percent. That does not work. Uh, Looking at your phone and hoping that it rings is a very ineffective strategy.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yep. All right. Listen, man, I know your time is very valuable. You've shared tons of nuggets here. Once again, for anybody who wants to connect with you, I'll put a link in the show notes. It's qchomeloan.com. Shout out to you, John. Thanks for making time a second time.
1: No, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Appreciate what you're doing. Thanks for putting out uh, consistent, great content for all of
0: us. You bet, you bet. Listeners, you know what to do. If you like this episode, share it, leave a review, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. Hey guys, what's up? Real quick, uh, you've heard about the Mortgage Marketing Pro membership before, and I just want to quickly remind you that you're in a place in your business where you simply need more purchase loans. You need to fill your pipeline with purchase business. Let's just face it. Agents are still a solid pillar of business and sources of purchase business for you. Well, good news our Mortgage Marketing Pro membership helps loan officers like you close more loans without the hassle of chasing agents or cold calling. Done-for-you agent classes, expert training videos, a marketing automation platform that automates the entire process for you, everything you need to build your personal brand in your local market, attract and convert agents into referral partners. Plus, done-for-you proven marketing materials and and plug-and-play content to make promoting your class, getting agents' butts in seats, partnering with affiliates, real easy. But that's not all. You'll also get access to our weekly mastermind calls with top LOs, authors, speakers, and coaches to learn the best strategies to grow your business right now in today's market. And as an extra bonus for a limited time, for all new members, you'll get access to a database of 200 agents in your local market that have closed anywhere to from eight to 50 transactions in the last 12 months, and we'll provide that list, upload into our platform for you so you can get off to a fast start in reaching actually productive agents. So what are you waiting for? You can check out more at mortgagemarketing.pro, see more of the success stories there. And if you feel compelled to do so, book a call. We'll have a chat. We'll see if it's a fit. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your mortgage business to the next level right now. Head over to mortgagemarketing.pro.